Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. That's it. Slowly. Augustus's voice was approving. And then he was stroking between William's thighs to cup his balls. Augustus palmed him gently while William fisted his cock, keeping his movements as slow as Augustus's had been. Augustus's hand left his balls and slipped back up to his ass. Hey, Clay. uh... Oh, oh, hello. Would you like to do a podcast? I mean... I am in front of a microphone. Well, there we are. Hooray! Hi, <laughs> Hi I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is Fuck, Mary Kill, Lit. Where we read two romance novels. One straight one and one queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. So there we are. Uh, we've not gone far. We haven't. Not yet. Not yet. And then we're going to go all the way. All the way. Sure. Hey, Claire. Uh-huh, Neil? What's got you hot and bothered today? I, I don't know. Like... <clears throat> I feel like right now there's a lot, a lot, a lot about consent, and uh, it's good. Like we yeah, should be no, having this conversation. Yeah, no, it's a very conversation. good conversation. But then also like reading these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, a lot. It, it comes up a lot. Like thinking like how much are we uh, like? I think one of the things that I'm reading right now is about female pain in sex oh. and how much women like accept pain as just part of the as part of having sex and part of having a sex life, but also like how giving up the orgasm is also just part of a sex life oh. that a woman thinks, well, I don't have to come and it doesn't have to be pleasurable, like oh, as like so sad. just constantly sacrificing our bodies to getting out of an apartment safely Mm. or not hurting somebody's feelings or because it's not going to get any better so we might as well just suffer through it for the next five minutes and then go Mm. and like it's especially when reading these books in part because every sex act is pleasurable Mm -hmm. in these and even when it's not quite consenty, like yeah. Or even when it's like a little strange, like there's and even when it's just like a kiss, there's mm-hmm. always something that's an embodiment of pleasure for both people, right? And that that's super important. And a lot, of or if them, it doesn't start that way, it turns into that, right? Ooh. And a lot of the books that we're reading are written by women, yes. And it it does make me think, like, is that the ultimate fantasy that we just feel pleasure? All the time Aww. when we're having sex. <laughs> um, well, and then it, it makes me think too because I'm not a man and I don't have a man's experience um, when having sex. Um, but I think as women, we're also taught to like think that men are having fun the whole time and that they're gonna come and that like ejaculating mm. and coming is the same. And so when they finish, well, at least we're done too. Like, we also oh. don't have to be there anymore or whatever. And so it's, it's, it's been interesting thinking about these and what that means and how we take that sexual experience in the bed out into the real world. Yeah. Like, 
well, I only have to endure this next five minutes on this bus with this man saying terrible things to me, and then it'll be over. Mm-hmm. I only have to endure this next five minutes with this man I work with standing at in front of me telling me these terrible things, and then he'll walk into his office, and it'll be over. And I'll just have to endure it again tomorrow, but at least it's over for now. Like, mm-hmm. like, and I wonder, like, and because men don't have to have that experience in bed of the... Like always of the right, right, right. of the endure this for now and then it'll be over. Right. Like that they when something is awful they don't endure it. Mm-hmm. But I mean that's not true. It's also not true. I don't want to say that's a, that's not a blanket statement. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. me thinking out loud. Right. <sighs> or know? I mean, like speaking from my experience as a gay man, that like if you're having sex and it's not going great, you're like, okay, I'll endure it, but like this is sort of an anomaly and like next time it'll probably be fine. Right. But I mean, have you, well, not you, but I mean, I've definitely heard of men who've been in situations where they've been in apartments with other men where they're like, well, if I just give this guy a blowjob, I can leave. Yeah, no, I've totally been there. I was like, if I get, it was okay. So it was very late at night and this was pre Lyft, pre Uber, pre any of these ride shares. So I was like at the whims of late night public transportation Oh, we've had we've talked about this before. We have, yeah, on yeah, this yeah. podcast, have we? I think so. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Or maybe you just and I talk about this all the time. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, so I like got to his house, realized I didn't want to be there anymore, but I was like, well, if I blow him, I'll probably get a ride home, and so I did blow him, and then I didn't get a ride home. It was the, on top of that, he had awful breath, like so bad that he became known in my apartment at the time as Possum King because it smelled like a possum had crawled down his throat and died. Jesus Christ. Right. And the thing is that when someone, and he was like sitting up and then I was blowing him. So as he was breathing out, it was just going right into my face. Oh my God. And then the asshole didn't even give me a ride home. It was shitty. I'm sorry. It's it happens. Right, but but it shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I I I think to your point, I only stayed because it would have been inconvenient not to. Like, I did feel empowered to just be like, I'm gonna go, and like, it would have been a pain in the ass to get home, but like, I didn't feel unsafe in the situation. But and you also like, there's a part of you that did want to have some sort of sexual interaction with this person. <sighs> oh, that's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. I'm sorry. But I feel like also everybody has that experience. And you kind of learn from that experience. As right, long right, as, right. like, it's, like, yours, like, it's the one, you know, it's like, you learn. Yeah. You learn about yeah. what you're, yeah. you learn. You learn yeah. about your own boundaries. Anyway, yeah. that's my hot and bothered and what I'm thinking about. And oh, what I'm thinking gosh. about is I'm reading these. Well, I mean, the whole movement is something I'm thinking about as I read these. Yeah. Mine feels really petty now. <laughs> is it about this time you were having sex and the other person wasn't enjoying it, but you didn't care? No. Then I think you're fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, mine's like, oh, this weird thing happened to me. And you're like... Society is broken, so well, I feel. Well, this particular podcast, we we talk about sex and relationships a lot, uh-huh. but we just we have stayed out of like 
current day rigmarole. Rigmarole. Yeah. But this particular rigmarole has been going on for like two years. You say rigmarole? Rigmarole. I say rigmarole. I think that's right. Okay. You I'm, say words funny sometimes. Um. Yeah. It's fine. I'm special. You're special. It's magical and sparkly. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what are you hot and bothered about? So what's got me hot and bothered, and like I, I knew I shouldn't have been the follow up to this because it's gonna seem so petty. Um, my dating life is ridiculous. Oh. I'm a little sick of it. I'm sorry. So here's the sitch. So last weekend, um, a friend texted me or an old coworker that I haven't seen for a while texted me and was like, "Hey, what are you up to tonight?" And I was in a rehearsal, so I was like, "I'm in a rehearsal," and she's like. Let's go out after. And I was like, okay, well, like, I'm I'm in the mission. Again, we live in San Francisco. So I'm like, I'm in the mission. Or I can, like, meet you downtown knowing that she lives in the East Bay and, like, to be near a BART station. She's like, let's go to North Beach. Yay! Okay. So for people who don't know, North Beach is, like, traditionally the Italian neighborhood. It's called Little, you know, like, a Little Italy of sorts. But it's just called North Beach. And in the... F- 40s, 30s and 40s was also where the gays were because mm-hmm. the Italians and other undesirables right. would go there. Anyway, but now it's basically like Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like on a Friday night, the streets are full of middle-aged drunk people just sort of like staggering through the streets. <laughs> it was awful. Anyway, I did have fun with my friend and her friends, but I was also reminded of the fact that, like, straight white drunk people dancing is so depressing. <laughs> Absolutely depressing. The, there was a beat. Nobody could find it. Um, there were three different couples that were like, hey, we took that one swing class, so let's dance swing to, like, 80s synth pop. Look, I am that girl all the time. And uh-huh. let me tell you, the beat has to chase me down. I don't think it's <laughs> <to> down. <laughs> The beat has to come to me. That's not... Okay. No, I am way entitled. Did Uh, I say I was a white lady? I am way entitled. Okay, so... The rhythm is gonna get you. The rhythm is gonna get me. It it makes sense now. In any case, um, we ended up at this, like, little tiny bar in Chinatown that had karaoke, but the lyrics were spelt wrong. And I was just like... I was exhausted, and I was like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I just need to go home. Meanwhile, I was talking to this guy on one of the apps, and I was like, hey, you know, like, we had been chatting. And I was like, oh, what are you up to? And he's like, oh, I'm about to go start driving for Lyft for the night. And then completely joking, I was like, well, I'm about to go home from my bars, so... And he's like, no, I'll give you a ride home. I was like, you don't have to. You really don't have to. And I was like, no, yeah. Where are you? And I like told him the bar. Um, so then he came and picked me up, and my drunk friend was like, because his window was down. She was like, "If you hurt, if you hurt him, I will hunt you down." Oh blah, 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 like doing that kind of thing. And as I was getting to the car, I turned to him. I was like, "Don't worry, she's Italian. It's fine. This is what they do." Um, so, but I was smart because I didn't give him my actual address. I gave him the donut place near our neighborhood. Oh, I've been to that donut place. Right. Because one, I didn't want him to know where I live. And then two, I also wanted donuts. So we like chatted on the drive and then we went and got donuts and like hung out his car and finished his donuts. And then I went home and I was like, 
oh, this is my life that, like, this was our first date, I guess. Oh, but I He, like, took totally me home cute. and then I bought him a donut. Like, it's not, it is not cute. Oh. I accidentally had whiskey for dinner and I was like, drive me home. I want donuts. <laughs> and that was our date. Neil, Neil, I'm going to have to say, I think you're looking at this wrong. Uh-huh. You had an adorable date. He had a rough night. Oh. <laughs> uh. And that was just the be- that was just the beginning of his night. He picked up a guy he thought was super cute. Turns out to be real wasted. I wasn't and wasted. Got, I don't know. And uh, got donuts. And then you and then you waved him. And off. then <laughs> and then had to like pee standing outside his car because he was like, I really have to pee and nothing's open anymore. So he just like peed outside. Anyway. It, he, Oh, so I that's love my dating so. life. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And here we are. It's perfect. It's fine. Everything's All fine. All right. So shall we talk about books? Yeah. Where people actually like let's are talk. loved? Well, let's talk <laughs> about these books. Anyway. These books. All right. <laughs> so I picked the books this week. Uh-huh. Okay. So I picked The Prairie Doctor's Bride by Catherine Albright. Uh-huh. And The Doctor's Discretion by E.E. E. Ottoman. Excellent. Yes. He's on Twitter. Is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. E.E. E. Ottoman is, um, f- for listeners, E.E. E. Ottoman identifies as, according to his bio, as a disabled queer trans man. Yes. So, yay, representation! Yeah, and he's on Twitter, and yeah. uh, he's all about uh, talking about other authors. Oh, good. So if you were looking for more LGBTQ romance novelists or novelists in general, like that is a great resource. Oh, good. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so, yeah, my theme not only was doctors because y'all are smart and doctors were in the title because that's what i do i just pick from the title but they're oldie timey doctors oldie timey yeah the doctor's discretion is in the 1830s and the prairie doctor's bride is the 1870s i think so it's like 1800s doctors yep let's start with the prairie doctor's wife by Catherine albright yes wedding bells in oak grove dot 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 Raising her son alone, penniless, Sylvia Marks has had enough of being the subject of town gossip. But when her son is seriously injured, she'll do anything to save him. Dot, dot, dot. Even kidnap handsome Dr. Nelson Graham! Nelson knows what he wants in a wife. She's to be amiable, biddable, and skilled in domestic chores. Gun-toting Sylvia Marks isn't what he had in mind, but as the two are forced together, he realizes... She's exactly what he needs. So there's that. Yeah. But what really happens? Okay, well, it's 1879 in Kansas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kansas is a state, not Kansas, Missouri. Um, <laughs> and Western Kansas. It, and it's one of the most square of the states. <laughs> <laughs> Being from New Mexico, you would know that. I mean, we've got little parts that jut out at the bottom. Exactly. Does Kansas make fun of you guys for not being as square as they are? Um, no, I'm sure they make fun of us for lots of other reasons. Mm-hmm. We make fun of Kansas by forgetting it's there. <laughs> Fair. Shade. The shade uh, of it all. But no, no, not to put down Kansas at all, because it is a lovely flat state. <laughs> so, but... Uh, yes. I also want to point out before we get started, um, this is the first Harlequin romance novel we've read. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? Harlequin is the, one of the big 
titles. Like, this is one of the big publishers. Oh, like, I thought it was the genres telling me. No, yeah, Harlequin okay. is like, like, like when you think of like romance novels like this, you think Harlequin. Oh. So, anyway. Well, I definitely did that intentionally. <laughs> you see. All right. So we we begin our tale in town. Mm-hmm. In Oak Grove. In Oak Grove, Sylvia Marks has come into town with her son Tommy to get supplies. They live out on a small homestead mm-hmm. outside of town, like miles outside of town. Across a river. Across a river. Um, and she does not like coming into town. Mm-mm. Pourquoi? Well, it's because she's a single mother, mm-hmm. and it seems like she did not wed the father. What a goddamn slut. And when a man who was said father's uh, brother uh-huh. came in to step up uh-huh. to marry her and give her son a name, uh-huh. uh, she turned him down. <gasps> Why so? Uh, well, she turned him down because he's a jerk. <laughs> he's an abusive alcoholic. He's an abusive alcoholic who's horrific and awful. How dare she not want to endanger the life of herself and her son? Right, which pisses off uh, <clears throat> Miss Gallagher, who owns the town store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Mercantile. The Mercantile. I lo- Every time I read that, I was like, oh, it's so oldie-timey. So the Mercantile. So oldie-timey. So she owns the Mercantile. Uh-huh. and this Well, up- her husband owns the Mercantile. Right. Well, yeah, this right, upsets right. her and her propriety, and so she tells the whole town this and the whole town like turns their noses up at sylvia and her child Uh, and she stays out of town at her homestead uh uh um and only comes into town to barter because she has goat's milk and she has honey Mm -hmm. and she's got lots of other things she can barter to get the things that she needs um but she hates coming into town because everyone's mean to her right well and right away uh miss gallagher is a bitch an absolute monster. Right. She's, like, really unkind and just, like, weirdly rude for no reason I can tell. Right. Um, and then right away, Carl, who is said brother-in-law, the, not in-law, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, like comes in and just, like, literally manhandles her right in the store. Like, shakes her, like, why don't you love me? And you treat that little boy like you mommy coddle him. Molly coddle. It's Molly, Molly coddle, coddle, not mommy coddle. Though, it's, I, like... If you were to say mommy coddle, everyone would know what you would say. Right. Anyway, so, like, like he's all up in her face about things, and she's like, God, this is why I don't come into town. And then a tall, handsome stranger walks in, and he's like, put that lady down. Oh. And Carl's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the town doctor. And Sylvia's like, keeping that in my brain pan. I need that information for later. Also, when did a handsome doctor join up this town? I've been outside of town a long time, apparently. Though, to be fair, he's only been there a couple months, No, he's been there two years. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess they just were never in the mercantile at the same time. Never in the mercantile at the same time. Okay. Um, And again, I don't read the books. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yes. Is there a Bartholomew? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... There's probably been a Bartholomew in all the books we've read. Every single one. Who knows? There probably actually has been a lot of Bartholomews. We just need to know this. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> she leaves, and then she leaves town and goes back to her homestead after the doctor sort of stops things from happening. Right, right, right. He's like, don't 
be abusive to that woman. And Carl's like, Mary go friggin' friggin' chicken. Right. Burgin, dirgin, dirgin, dirgin. So and our lady leaves. goes back out to her homestead where it seems like a, she's got a lovely little homestead. It's yeah. very what nice do they keep and tiny. Calling it? Um, oh, gosh. Oh, it's not a. Uh, I'll find it. Okay. Keep going. So it's very nice and very tiny. Um, and she's very happy there. Back at the old, back in town, our uh-huh. doctor, uh, we find out he is single. Nelson Graham. Nelson Graham is single, um, is looking to get hitched. Uh-huh. Uh, he's hoping one of the bride trains that comes through will <laughs> deposit him a lady. <clears throat> because he wants to find love and a companion? No, he needs a nurse. He wants free labor. He wants free labor. He wants a nurse that'll cook for him. And might as well have sex with this lady while he's at it. Yeah, Oh, we don't say that, though. Mm -hmm. We say something like relations or, like, have babies. We don't say (laughs) sex. (laughs) Um, It's alluded... Sex is alluded to in this book (coughs) without actually being confronted directly. Yeah. In so many ways. So, and, and here's the weirdest part of this book. It's also... A truish thing that happened, but it's also one of the weirdest things. So there weren't a lot of ladies in the Old West or in the Plains. And they Mm -hmm. needed ladies for all of the people who would come out to found these towns. So they would just write, put it, they would, uh, people would just put like letters in newspapers saying, hey, we need ladies out here to get married to our guys. And so in this particular book, uh, a train will pull up and a number of ladies will just come out and they have about three weeks, you think? About, I think it's a month. It's about a month. To- like they sign a contract that's like, you got to marry somebody within a month. And the wedding is all on the same, all the weddings are on the same day. So you don't even get your own right. wedding. Well, and even what apparently is going <laughs> to happen is they will all go to the church on the same day, mm-hmm. this one Sunday, and all the ladies will stand up and they'll Say who they want to marry, and they'll get married to them that day. <laughs> They've had a month to figure it out, and this seems awful, but fine. The book seems to treat it as if it's just a funny thing that happens. Yeah. So the doctor goes to the train station. He's got this list in his pocket of and all I, of the things that he thinks is great in a lady. Right, and I will say that, like, the ladies, it's the ladies' choice. Yes. Because there are so few ladies and so many men. Obviously, like... The men will say that they're interested, but the women get to choose ultimately. Yes. Which is, you know, kind of nice. Yeah. So the ladies come off the train, and as he does, he's thinking about the list he has. He's also thinking about his ex-girlfriend, who didn't like the fact that he was a doctor. He's also thinking that he needs a nurse. Were they affianced? uh, Yeah, they might have been affianced. Great. I don't really remember. So then... All these... she, she was like, how come you keep helping people instead of spending time with me? I and have a like, social event. And he's like, I'm a doctor. I'm saving lives. And she's like, you're being an asshole. And she called off the engagement. Yeah, she was wise. She obviously didn't like him. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't smart enough to call off the engagement himself to a woman right. who didn't understand what a doctor well, did. Well, he doesn't. Anyway. He doesn't understand people. He doesn't. So uh, five ladies, five ladies come off the train, yeah. and they're all different shapes and sizes, and uh-huh. he sort of just like says little things about all of them. He's like, I guess I have to date those ladies are one gonna, at a time. Are you gonna go into them at all? No. Gonna, okay, I just want to bring up the one that they're on a date, or you know, they're going for a stroll, and he's like, Wait a second, we look so much alike. She could be my sister. And then he realizes, oh my God, we are so much alike as people and we never get along. Yeah. It was funny. 
Yeah. That's when he's like, oh, I'm kind of unbearable, aren't I? Ooh. I would say all of his dates were kind of interesting in a lot yeah. of ways. And one of them was pissed me off, but it was fine. Which one? The last one that wasn't really a date. The, the lady oh, showed up, but Sylvia yeah. was already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one lady that was asexual. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was kind of, I mean, like, and of course he was like, what, what, what? But she's like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm interested in companionship. I'm not interested in sex. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there's something wrong with her. But of course, you know, like, modern readers are like, yeah, sure. Good for you, lady. Yeah. Get what, you, get what you want out of life. Of course, the other thing that was wrong with her was that she was completely selfish. She was also selfish. And so and I think that is a bad way to show somebody who's asexual. Yeah. Because it's like well, saying because... the fact that you don't like sex is also wrapped up in your uh, in your selfishness. That yeah. people who refuse to have children or have relationships with other people that are sexual are selfish. Yeah. So... Or to give the writer the benefit of the doubt, he wants kids, and she doesn't want to have sex, so that's like just another right. check against well, her. And that's kind but of, maybe you well, know. Well, that's knows? kind of what I'd actually say because she says she doesn't want kids, and that's again like this book talks around sex Cause all the time because it, it doesn't like they, there's no sex in this book. Ugh. They never actually have sex. They never like. She talks briefly, like, uh, Sylvia Marks talks briefly about, like, missing her husband and seeing mm-hmm. Nelson in this sort of, oh, this guy's kind of sexy. And she's obviously way. had sex. Right. She has a child. She has a child. But they don't even Ugh. talk about that part. They don't. So. And, and she's and more about, of, like, he never married me. Yeah, well, they talk about, like, and then he uh, went off and Carl, died. because Ugh. Carl has a lady in another town, and he's right. just coming around to Sylvia's to bother her because the lady in the other town went off and got married. Mm-hmm. So, again, alludes to sex and alludes to wanting sex, but doesn't actually say it or doesn't, you know. So if that's the kind of book you're looking for, readers, a, a romance that has no sex in it, this is the one. Sure. Just the one. There's no others. There's lots of others. But that's what I'm saying. Anyway, so Nelson's got to pick a lady, and he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't like any of the ones that came off the train. Mm-hmm. Back at the homestead. And he's pissed because he missed the last batch that came in? Like, yeah. He was too busy, and he didn't get to know any of them. And then they all got engaged, and he's like, oh, damn. Yeah. So back at the homestead, Sylvia and her son are having a nice day. Like, uh-huh. this is a pleasant day, and they're, you know, Tom fooling around. Mm-hmm. And her son falls from a height because he, he climbed up, up onto the shed. Right. He roof. climbs up onto the shed and he falls off of it. And it is horrific. He falls through it. No, he just fell off of no, it. No, his his leg went through the roof of oh, the shed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, that does make sense. Because he, he fucked up his leg. Well, like he tore, yeah, he tore his open leg open and then also and hit his head. And hit his head yeah, real yeah, yeah. hard. Like he was dizzy for days. He, yeah, he was obviously concussed. Oh, and like, and it was gross. It was graphic, like skin flaps mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, it was just, oh, oh, oh. Um, all my worries about reading books about doctors all came into fruition <laughs> because we had to, like, you could see the bone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Sylvia freaks out and she knows she has to get the doctor. Like, Well, first she puts honey on it. Right. She cleans it. He, The kid passes out. So she cleans it, and I'm like, and she says, "It's a good thing he passed out because this would hurt otherwise." And then she puts honey on it, which is actually not the worst idea. Right? No, because she is a healer. Sort of. She she knows some folk remedies. Right. Well, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. honey being a folk remedy, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. also good. And like this author, like researched that and knew that. So, 
So the kid is hurt. Sylvia knows that she's got to do something. She goes to the doctors. And she thinks because she's ostracized from the town, because Mm -hmm. she has absolutely no money, this doctor is going to look down his nose at her and not going to come and help her And because she can't pay. So she... Mm -hmm. Kidnaps him at gunpoint. (laughs) (laughs) And takes him back out to the homestead. Because she doesn't even... She's like, I'll pay you in chickens. And he's like, I don't like chickens. And she's like, well, here's a gun. Oh, God. And he's like, I wouldn't come anyway. She's like, yeah, right. (laughs) I don't take charity from no one. Girl, calm down. Well, you know, so she's really upset. And this Mm. was a nice old Westy bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I almost wish the book started here. Yeah. Like, right here. Yeah. Like, like just him, like, in his house, talks about being a doctor. And then, like, click, click. Doctor, you're coming with me. And then kidnapping. And... So he goes back and he's like, honey, you weirdo, don't put honey in here. She's like, what, are you crazy? Of course you put honey in this. <laughs> and then it turns out she's a real spitfire. She's got all kinds of opinions about all kinds of things. And but no self-esteem. No self-esteem whatsoever. Mm. Even, Even though, though she is a woman alone. And she obviously does have self-esteem. But anyway. It's, it's this thing of like, I can do what needs to get done, but only if it involves Tommy. She's like, because like she, so we didn't mention that like she's originally from Virginia. She grew up with Tommy's father and they moved out there, out to Kansas together. And Carl. And uh, Carl. Carl and Tommy's father, Thomas, didn't want to work in the mines. Right. So they all moved out to Kansas. Thomas bought this plot of land and like he and Sylvia were in love and he's like, we're going to get... Like, he promised her parents, like, oh, we're going to get married. It'll be great. I even bought you this engagement ring. They get to Kansas. He hawks the ring. And then he's like, ooh, there's, like, someone told us about this, like, thing on a ranch out in somewhere, whatever. I'm going to go. And she's like, no, but shouldn't we get married? And he's like, we'll do it when I get back. Bye! And she was pregnant and didn't tell him, and then he died. Yeah, and he did, like, Carl and another dude come back, and they're like, oh, he died on the way there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but all this to say that, I mean, like, she's a woman, a woman living on the frontier, living alone with her child, raising her child single-handed on this farm. Like, they have a mule, they have goats, they have chickens, they have sheep, they have... An apiary, like she's doing all of this. So obviously she has some fortitude mm-hmm. and some moxie, but it's like, I can't go into town because nobody likes me because I'm not worthy of well, love. Well, and here's the thing. Like, so we said all that stuff about Carl and like her husband dying at the top. And it kind of says that throughout the book, but she, the whole time they allude to some secret, like some rumor, some rumor, Ugh. some secret that. That Miss Gallagher's been putting out. That's just not true. Nobody's listening to her side. And I sincerely thought there was something else going on. No, but that was it the whole that time. That was it. That was it the whole time. Yeah. So Carl came back and was just like... <laughs> so disappointing. Yeah. Carl came back and was like, my brother's dead. You should marry me. And the thing... I found this interesting that, like, he had good intentions. He's like, You're, we grew up together. You're practically family. Your son is family. If we get married and give your son a name, like, it'll be better. You'll both be better off Mm -hmm. for it. But he's also disgusting. So she's like, no thanks. Um, 
So when she rebuffed him, that's when he went into town and he's like, who's the biggest gossip? Ooh, the lady at the mercantile. And he like ran his mouth around town and be like, Sylvia's a hussy. Mm-hmm. Even though like she was in love with Thomas and they and were they together were for years. Married. Yeah, they were practically married. Yeah, so it was married in the eyes of God even because they Ugh. didn't have a pastor. But anyway, it was just all Ugh, like... It's fine. So... I just, I thought it was going to be a bigger thing, but it was just actually It was truth. just that thing that they... Carl just said it in a jerky way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Miss Gallagher is just a terrible person. Um, the other funny thing was, though, she doesn't, like, Sylvia Marks doesn't interact with anybody else, really, like, ever in town. Ever. So she doesn't know that nobody else actually cares. Right. She <laughs> also doesn't realize that the town has been growing, mm-hmm. especially with all these brides coming in. And it seems that there are a lot of um, new people who have immigrated from other countries and are settling out west. Like, the town is full of people she doesn't even know. But she's like, everybody hates me because they think I'm a slut. <laughs> right. Ugh. And and like and it's it's it feels contradictory to me. Like I can I can understand a woman not wanting to go into town, especially when she's so self sufficient and she just doesn't want to put up with everybody else's bullshit. Right. Yes. If the book had been like, I'm I'm the victim of tragedy and I'm doing the best I can and everyone's being a dick about it. Like, yeah, you go, Sylvia. But she's just like, mm, everybody hates me. I'm not worthy of their love. Yeah. yeah. Which, so it was iffy. Anyway. Ugh. Nelson does a great job. He stays the night, not in a sexy way, in a just it's tired, uh, I'm tired and it's dark outside way. Also, like, I need to stay up and, like, keep an eye on Tommy. Right. So, he does, you know, Nelson does a really good job with the kid. He and Sylvia get along. He even kind of thinks she's cute. Which I thought this was really funny because normally we see a woman getting kidnapped and then being like, actually, he's kind of cute. It was just funny. It, like, it's still gross, but it was funny for a guy to be t- kidnapped and be like, mm, well, she's kind of cute. Yeah. Well, and she was thinking the same thing. And both of them were like, I mean, well, and they make it clear, like, the gun was never a threat. Like, Nelson's like, I could have taken that from her at any point. And she's like, I never would have shot him. Right. So, like, yeah, he has a pistol in his doctor's bag that he could have, like, pulled at any moment. Right. Or just wrestled the gun from her. Right. Like, so. Or just said, you can put that away. I'm coming. Yeah, I'm like, coming. I'll, I'll, I, I want to help people. Because he is a good doctor. And that, like, the thing that he cares about most is helping people. Right. And sometimes that gets in the way of him relating to people. Like, he mm-hmm. sort of sees people as bodies that need fixing as opposed to people to help. But, yeah. like, that's all he, he... More than anything, he wants to be a good doctor and help people. Yes. So, <clears throat> but he's all done with her. He goes back into town... And he's going to go, he's going to start dating ladies and doctoring up. And that's exactly what happens. But Sylvia's like, oh, I want to thank him. So she comes into town too with a jar oh, so of So they have the conversation of like, you're not going to go to the police, right? And he's like, no, you're fine. Right. Yeah. So, so she comes in with a jar of honey to and give him. And some bread. And some bread, which he falls in love with. He falls in, I wrote that note. He falls in love with her bread. Yeah. Um, I wish that were a euphemism, but it's not. No. So he's on a date with a girl, and in the middle of the date, like, there's some tragedy, like, someone breaks their arm, or something happens, and he's got to go fix it, and she's <clears throat> namby-pamby about it, but Sylvia comes. Right, right. And she's well, totally cool about the, everything. The poor woman that he's on the date with is, like, gives it her best, but then she she faints. She's like, no, I'm going to help. And all she has to do is, like, hold the guy down. While Nelson, like, cleans and sets the wound. Yeah, but honestly, Nelson but she should holds have him. stopped the date. 
Well, it was he his sh- test. He because sh- he's a oh, monster. Yeah, because he's he's a horrible person. <laughs> right. He shouldn't just ex- anyway. <laughs> but that was his expectation. Right. So she faints, but Sylvia comes in and is able to. Right. She's able to help. So of course, we the readers right away are like, she'd be a great nurse, but nobody notices. Right. Nobody realizes it until the very end. And this is a whole day of that kind of shit happening. Yeah. Like so, and then like she walks out. She's oh, thinks the doctor's over here. Turns out there's a pregnant lady. She's about to give birth, and so Sylvia helps her give birth. I think that was later. No, I think it's the same day. No, I think that was when she was staying there after the flood. No, it wasn't. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, I'll trust you. It was you. all the same day. <laughs> it, was, it was a very busy day. It was a, like a very busy day. Ugh. And so she helps the lady and, you know, give birth and the other something mm-hmm. happens. And we're the whole time the readers are like, oh, her, obviously. Obviously. Like, she's also all the things on the list. She is actually pliable. She's all, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's not like, she argues with him. I don't know what he thinks pliable means. <laughs> yeah, right. But then... But then, of course, like, everybody starts liking her because it's like, oh, you helped me when I was injured. And that woman's like, you you helped me get through this birth of my child. Like, we like you. You're nice. But she's like, nobody likes me. Right. Ah. So she goes back home and um, our dude gets uh, our dude gets a letter from his mother saying, I'm coming. His cold withholding mother. His cold withholding mother. He hates his parents. And he's he like, hates his par- he my hasn't, parents are coming. He hasn't spoken to his father in years. Like, he only communicates through his mother. So she's like, I'm showing up. And he's like, why? What? Shit, I gotta get married. Right. So he goes on more dates that don't work out. Yeah. And uh, his mother shows up and uh, tells him the terrible story of the fact that his father's actually dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and our, our man Nelson's like, why didn't I get invited to the funeral? Why didn't you tell me? She's like, well, see, the thing is, uh, he wasn't actually your father. <laughs> um, and the reason he hated you so much your whole life was because you weren't his son. And mm-hmm. he made me promise to never tell you. And then at the end of Or the, be nice to you. Or be nice to you at all. Like, he made me promise to not be nice to you. Um, and so then... And I did, even though it's so easy for... A mother to like sneak affection to her child. Yeah, she's like, "Well, I had to be a bitch, so that's what I did." Yeah. Ugh. What was her name again? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. No. Nelson's mom. Yeah, that's what I wrote. Actually, I just wrote Nelson's mom. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, because I'm gonna have to say like, Mrs. Here, Graham. Mrs. Graham. Here's the part of the story. So, so we find out that he's a bastard. And, He's a bastard. And so then we just know that he and Sylvia are meant to be together. Uh-huh. And uh, he even goes there, like, to check up on Tommy to make sure he's doing okay. Yeah. And also to get away from his mother. And to, yeah, and the secrets, to flee the secrets. And to make sure that Tommy's doing the exercises to, like, help with, to keep his leg muscles from atrophying. Right. Um... And he and Sylvia have a lovely time, and Sylvia confesses they, to him that like Carl came by. And gave her a bruise. And, and gave her a bruise because he manhandled her again. Uh, and Carl likes to take her and shake her. Just like grab her <laughs> just, arms. Just, ah, oh, I love you so much. This is like oh, a visual podcast. That's what yeah, yeah, says. yeah. Just like imagine um, Lenny with the rabbits. It's kind of like that. No, I mean, I would say it's more like um, her arms are shake weights. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so our man, and he gets a moment to like be angry. Why am I upset that this woman's hurt? Instead of just like, oh, it's because people shouldn't be hurt. And yeah, that upsets you. right? Why am I so upset? Because she's being taken advantage of by somebody against whom she is defenseless. Anyway, these two are obviously You think a doctor would realize like, oh, people need help. Whatever, it's fine. So these two are obviously digging each other a lot, but uh, only us, the audience, is in on that secret. Oh, it's so obnoxious. And and at this point, I'm thinking, wait a minute. There's so few women in this town who are single that they're training them in. But here's Sylvia, and she's been single. Why aren't all the men just trucking out to her every once in a while just to see if she's avails? Because she already (laughs) has a kid. Um, I think they'd be willing. Yeah, probably. But also She knows probably, how to homestead. Probably a lot of them are gross. Also, she owns the land. Yeah. She's lived there because oh, it was... She's a hot catch. It was Thomas's land, but she's lived there long enough that legally it's her land They now. know she can get pregnant. Uh-huh. Already tested. She's good at doing all the things. Right. Uh, yeah, she's a hot... She should be a... She makes bread that you fall in love with. Right. We find out it's molasses bread. That's why they love it so much. It's molasses bread smothered in honey. This does sound tasty. I mean, sure, but I'm not going to fall in love with someone over it. I might. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so at this point in the book, I'm going to have to say the stakes feel super low. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to get together. Right. Which at this point in the book, right before it happened, I was like, well, that means uh, something traumatic is going to happen that's going to force these two together for a long time. Bum, bum, bum. And that thing was a flood. A storm. A storm that caused the that river caused to flood. That caused the river to flood. She had to escape her little homestead. Because she waited till she waited until literally flood water was coming into her tiny house. Right. And they try to escape, and it fails. They try to ford the river with a little ferry thing that goes across. Mm-hmm. It fails. It, it breaks. It swoops them apart, and we are left on a cliffhanger. Ah! Did she survive? Our man Nelson and his mother are having a little bit of a tiff yeah. about feelings. <laughs> they both don't know what to do with feelings. They have no idea. They're like, I don't know, because he's originally from Boston, so they're like kind of waspy. They're like, what are feelings? Right. What am feels? Uh, so uh, he's going to head out to check on them. He's, he feels guilty for not doing so already, knowing the river was going to flood. And Tommy is there on his porch, oh. having crawled, because one of his legs doesn't work. Right. Crawled from the river. And he lost his crutch in the, yeah. in the flood. Uh, and then just passed out on the doctor's porch. The doctor's like, no! With just, with just enough time to be like, my mom's by the river. Hey. Right. And so then our man Nelson pushes a man off his horse. <laughs> and says, use mine! <laughs> <laughs> I, I use yours. <laughs> Doesn't well, matter. Because it was already like saddled and everything. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> Who's mine? <laughs> he jumps on the horse, runs off, sees Sylvia hanging out on a sandbar, but she is past the fuck out. Barely sees her because she always wears drab brown clothing. And also, she's her goat in is mud. on top of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the goat was like, <laughs> like cuddling up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or she was, she was holding on to it. 
Oh, like, right. Like, she had a death grip on the goat, even though she passed out. And the goat was hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, so, she's warmer than mud. <laughs> and so then, so then he runs to her. He gets her, and he's, like, holding her tight. And it's definitely one of those, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I never paid attention to you before. And obviously, you're great. Please be alive. And she is. She's fine. And she gasps. And, and he kisses her on the forehead. Oh. And, she, <sighs> and then she passes out again. And, and she he, passes out. Picks her up and takes her home. And the goat. She, and the goat. The goat follows. That's right. Oh, that's right. The animals in this book are so cute. Yeah, they, they really are. The goat follows. And uh, she convalesces back to the doctor's house. She She's, and Tommy. She and Tommy. She's a little worried about the propriety of it. But it's okay because the, the storm has driven enough people out of their homes, like out in the farms, that they're all staying in the hotel. And the hotel is completely booked. And between the five brides, and, or the brides-to-be, and the people who've been driven out of their homes, there's nowhere else for her to stay. And the doctor, of course, he's in love with her, but he's like, well, there's nowhere else for her to stay, and she's ailing, so it would make sense for her to stay with me so I can keep an eye on her to yep. help her, her and her son recover. Um, and two, everyone's like... Two of the brides kind of happen to be around at this time when he's bringing Sylvia home. And one of them, the last bride he didn't date, because actually, she giggles too much. She giggles too much. Turns out to be very helpful and very be a perfect wife. Very, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> she's all the things on his list. Uh, and even she's like, oh man, you and I would have been great together. I guess it sucks that you really love Sylvia. Right. And she's talking to Sylvia and she's like, so Sylvia wakes up and she's like, Nelson! And the woman's like, you mean Dr. Graham? And she's like, Oh, yes. Or, no, she's like, I mean, Dr. Graham. And the woman's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Shut up. Like, I know you're in love with him. It's fine. We're all single ladies here. It's <laughs> all, okay. All the single ladies. <laughs> so she's actually really pleasant about the whole thing. She's so nice. It's like, yeah, that's how the that's how the chips fall. Right. Okay, sure, it's, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. And the, I just want everyone to be happy. <laughs> and for, for the most part, like, her staying in town mm-hmm. is really pleasant. Like, everybody's really lovely to her, except yeah. for his mother, who is Oh, this awful. drove me fucking crazy. Because she goes Ugh. and apparently talks to Miss Gallagher at some point, and Miss Gallagher's like, that slut out. Like, that's all Miss Gallagher talks about? To the <laughs> woman who got knocked up by someone she wasn't married to and then married someone and had that kid. And she's like, how dare that woman get knocked up out of wedlock? I'm like, you sanctimonious, hypocritical cunt bag. Which made me think that it must, like that was one of the other things that made me think it must be some other big secret. Right? There's some other thing that Miss Gallagher is saying. And what, it, but it was nothing. It like, was nothing. The thing she was saying was like, can you believe she didn't marry Carl when she had the chance? Ugh. And, like, the thing is, um, is that all Miss Gallagher talks about? I think it is. Because her life must be, one, super boring. Two, I don't know why she has a hard-on to destroy Sylvia Marx's life. Like, <laughs> I don't understand, and I don't like it. And it was just, it was a dull storyline. Like, I really thought Carl was going to come back, and there was going to have to be some sort of man fight between Carl and Nelson. But that never popped up like i think at some point carl did show up and he's like i want you to come with me and she got on his horse and he just took her back out to her farm and then she got off she's like okay i'm done i'm out and he's like well i you know i really think we should get together and she's like no peace out bro peace out. also they're like <laughs> that was it that was all done and that was fine like i don't actually need a man fight but i was kind of hoping there would be yeah yeah, yeah. and and 
And so she has a fine time in town, except for Car- uh, except for Nelson's mom being weird, and then deciding she was wrong because she talks. Right, right, right. Like, she like brings her in soup, and she's like, and Nelson's mom is like, "I've heard terrible things about you." And Sylvia's like, "Well, you've not asked me for my side of it." And she's like, "All right, go on then." And she like tells her whole story, and this we hear the whole thing about like they were in love they had the engagement ring they like the they were going to get married but the pastor had to be called away that day and the next one wasn't coming for like two weeks and they like already had their tickets or whatever to go and so they like in front of her their families they were like it was basically like a wedding without a, a minister or whatever and she told the whole story, and, and then Nelson's mom was like, yes, I see. And then later, she, without even, like, saying anything, and then later to Nelson's like, she's worth keeping around, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and she's Because she so, can't express herself, because right. she's a cold-ass, waspy bitch. But it was awkward. So, so, Nelson and Sylvia kiss, and it's fine. I didn't... It was fine. It was inevitable. It just felt inevitable. Like, it didn't feel inevitable in the fun way where you're, like, tantalized. When is it going to happen? It's just like, yeah, yeah, finally. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, it took you forever. And so then they kiss. Pages and pages and it's lovely. And, pages. and Nelson's like, I'm not letting you go. And she's like, no, I'm not sticking around. I hate town. <laughs> she's like, I'm not comfortable being here. And he, in his head, she's like, she just doesn't realize how wonderful she is. And, and, and she's just wrong about everything. Right. So I'm going to show her. I'm going to show her that she's just a dumb woman. Right. So he takes her out to dinner. Because he also never asks her. Never. And she's embarrassed to tell, like, Mabel Gallagher is just, like, running her mouth and turned everyone against me. Right. But also, this was years ago. Yeah. So she goes... So- Mabel Gallagher is still harping on about this after like seven years. Yeah, yeah. She's got nothing else to do. Nothing. But jerk off and run her mouth about Sylvia. I kind of wonder if she's got a crush on Carl. Oh, like, or Sylvia. Yeah, well, one of the two. Either way, so Nelson forces Sylvia to go out to dinner, to, to a, a fancy dinner, which is at actually... The, at the one restaurant. The only restaurant. <laughs> and so he forces her to go out, and, it, and she's like, ugh, I don't want to be here. And And she's wearing a borrowed dress. Right. And everybody's looking at me funny, and he's like, no, they're not. Chill out. And she's and, like, And ah. there, were, there were genuinely people who were, who had, she, whom she had met who were like, hi, how's it going? And oh, she, we don't want to bother your meal. Just want to say hi. And she's like, they hate me. They all hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on her side, me thinking in my head, yeah, she's been a recluse for seven years. Right? This is hard. It is, yes. <laughs> this was yeah, yeah, not yeah. like, she, slowly, bro. She's but not no, socialized no. anymore. The first person who comes in is fucking, you know, M- Mabel Gallagher. Mabel Gallagher. And she walks right up to her table and is like, what the fuck are you doing here, slut? <laughs> it was, but like, she talks about her in front of her face. She's like, Dr. Graham, I expected to see you in better company. And I was, I was waiting for him to be like, listen, you miserable old shrew. And like, actually tell her off. But he was just like, she's my guest. There's nowhere else for her to stay. And she's a patient of mine. Do you take umbrage with that? And just like, well, I, mm, uh, mm, and walked away. Yeah. And then she's like, and she turns to her husband. And she's like, I don't, I don't approve of the quality of people here anymore. And they go home. And I'm like, Yell at her! Say something! That wasn't... He was like, 
Oh, the slight that he gave her. It wasn't a slight. He just stated facts at her, and she got all like, harump, when he could have done more. I was expecting him to, like, really lay into her, and he didn't. Nope, not at all. Ugh. And, uh, and so... And to be so well-bred and from Boston, you know how to take someone down a peg. Especially yeah. some tr- some woman who's in trade in Kansas. <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. And he did nothing. So, Sylvia's... <laughs> I slight women in trade in Kansas every day. <laughs> well, before he... I even have my morning coffee. That's kind of how we started out the podcast. <laughs> but, like... So Sylvie's headed out for this. She's like, okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nelson. You're super cute, and I like the kiss. But no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. So Carl rides up on his horse. She's like, I'm getting on that horse, and I'm going out. Oh, and, like, the storm is over. They've repaired the ferry. One of the brides, or uh, Nelson's mother bought her some cloth, so she made her own dress. Because she, like, because Nelson was like, oh, this dress is ugly. I'm going to throw it out. And she's like, idiot, that was my only dress. And she's like, no, it's fine. So she had to borrow a dress. So, but Nelson's mother brought her cloth. She made her own dress. So she's ready to, like, leave. Everything's ready for her to leave. And she's like, bye. So she leaves. She leaves. Although Nelson's mom did buy her the ugliest cloth there was. Yeah, it was just, like, some <laughs> some cheap yellow stuff. But then Sylvia was like, well, it's rough, but, like, very hardy. It'll last me because it's what I have to wear every single day. Yeah. So she goes back to her homestead and it's torn up to shreds and she's going to, she just starts putting it back together. And they sleep in the barn yeah, because there's, there's like. The house, the house, the roof fell in in the house. Almost. Parts of it have like fallen in, but for the most part it's there, but there's so much like muck on the roof that's bowing in. And she's like, we can't sleep in that house. It's going to come tumbling down on top of us. Yeah. So she sleeps in the barn. They find the mule. Yeah. He, he went back all by himself. They can't, they haven't found the sheep yet. And they found some of the chickens, I think. Does she, and she doesn't have her cart anymore, does she? No, doesn't have her cart anymore. So she, she, well, like, and I think the apiaries are gone. Yeah. Also, on as she was leaving during the flood, she grabbed all of her money and put it in her coat pocket. And then when she fell into the river... The, something happened that the coat fell off of yeah. her. So all of her money is gone. Yeah. Almost all of her livestock is gone. Like, she has nothing. She ha- And, like, the, the, the ground is drenched in mud. She, she doesn't grow a lot, but now she can't grow anything. Right. She has absolutely nothing. But she's going to make it work. She's going to make it work. Because she's like, you know what? I got to make it work. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's going to do just it. I'm repeating what you're saying, but louder? Yeah, pretty much. Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, and over the next couple days, every single day, a new, like, wagon pulls up full of people who loved her from the town. Yeah. Who are upset about her leaving and hope she's doing well and just giving her things to help yeah. her along. They're like, and not even just like, oh, you poor thing. It's like, they, because, I mean, like, I'm sure they figured out that she's a very proud person. So they're like, oh, well, we just thought you might need this to tide you over for the next couple days. Right. So they, like, bring some clean linens and some hand goods or whatever. And she surprises hell every single time. <laughs> every time. She's like, why are you here? And they're like, we like you and we want to make sure you're okay. And she's like, but nobody loves me. <laughs> oh, Sylvia. And finally she accepts that people love her and like her. And the last people to pull up is Mrs. Graham herself, Nelson's mom, and one of the brides. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it was the giggly one. Yeah, the giggly one. The nice was, giggly one. Who was so nice. And Nelson's mom comes up and says, you have to come back. Nelson's pride is too high to come out and get he's, you. He, and she's like, he's being a grump. Yes. So 
She does. Oh, because the I think the the giggly woman was like, oh, I bought this new dress, or somebody gave me a new dress as a wedding present, so have this dress that, like, I lent you, mm-hmm. that, that everyone's like, oh, it looks so good on her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, here, just have it. Yeah. But yeah, they're like, come back. He's such a grump. He's intolerable. So, she does. So she does. And they get together. And the they live happily ever after, the end. The it end. was inevitable, and honestly, sometimes I was like, ugh, get there faster. Yeah. yeah. But the ending, that's it. That's it. That's and it. The end. The end. Should we uh, move next on to the next book, book? The Doctor's Discretion. All right. New York City, 1831. Passion, medicine, and a plan to break the law. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a show on CBS. <laughs> When Dr. William Blackwood, a proper gentleman who prefers books to actual patients, meets retired Navy surgeon Dr. Augustus Hill, they find in each other not just companionship, but the chance of pleasure, and perhaps even more. The desire between them is undeniable, but their budding relationship is disrupted by the arrival of a mysterious patient at a New York hospital. Mr. Moss has been accused of being born a woman, but living his life as a man. An act that will see him committed to an asylum for the rest of his life. William and Augustus are determined to mount a rescue, even if it means kidnapping him instead. Their desperate plan sets William and Augustus against the hospital authorities and the law. Soon they find themselves embroiled in New York's seedy underworld, mixed with prostitutes, spies, and more than a lifetime's worth of secrets. When nothing is as it seems, can they find something real in each other? But Neil. Yes? Now tell me what really happened. All right. So, our book starts with uh, Dr. William Blackwood who is black, living in New York in the 1800s, um, which, you know, comes up a lot in this book. That it's like, ooh, it's difficult being black in America, which... Right, and this is yeah. this is pre-slavery... Uh, I'm sorry, pre-Civil War. Pre-Civil War, So right. it's important to note that uh, we it is still a slave nation. Yeah, so he has been trained in London and Scotland. So he's a great... Um, Education, but like he's still black, even though he's a doctor. Everyone's like, oh, you're just whatever. Anyway, so uh, it starts with him. He's been summoned to the residence of a deceased doctor. It's like Dr. Riley or something. Well, he's dead. It, it doesn't come It up. doesn't we matter. Don't need to know his name. Um, so he's been brought in. He and Dr. Hill have been brought in to catalog this deceased doctor's collection of specimens and medical texts and drawings and whatnot. Um, Dr. Hill was asked for especially, and then the solicitors sort of asked around, and Dr. Blackwood has a fantastic reputation with academic medical texts. Uh, Because we find out later that he... um, did like actually practice with patients, but it was like during a outbreak of yellow fever and saw all sorts of terrible things. And now he can't like bring himself to actually work with patients anymore. So now he just works with medical texts and journals and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, He is really interested in blood transfusions, which of course at the time people were like, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I don't understand. 
And because, you know, blood typing wasn't a thing yet. So I, I really appreciated that, like, it did go into, like, medicine at the time. And William was like, no, this is how it works. And, like, guy who's an expert, you didn't consider this and this. And so he's like, in the midst of writing this doctor a letter about, like, oh, you should consider this and maybe this will work. And it's great. It's wonderful. Anyway, so they're at this doctor's house and the solicitor is basically like, well, we can't, like sell the house until you guys finish this and basically you guys get to decide decide what to do with everything either sell it off give it to the appropriate educational institutions whatever here are keys let me know when you're done yeah it sounds like a really fun gig yeah and they're getting paid Mm -hmm. um which is nice because um augustus dr hill uh works at new york hospital which is a very um, prestigious position for doctors at the time. Apparently, he doesn't work there full time. He just kind of comes and goes whenever he pleases. Something like that. But he's a junior doctor, so like I'm sure the extra income is appreciated. And then William is just sort of like flittering here and there, doing different yeah. academic things. Yes, yeah. He so doesn't seem to have like a set. He doesn't have steady a steady job. gig, right? Um, so they are. There's a cat on my foot. Uh, it's super cute. It's precious. <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, so they sort of like get to chatting, and um, William's like, Ugh, "I'm working with a white guy. Like, what's this gonna be like?" And there is a situation where the solicitor doesn't believe him that he's the doctor right away, right. and like, it's um, we see that this is sort of common occurrence for occurrence for William, and he's like oh, I'm going to be working with this guy a lot. Like, what's it going to be like? But he's really cute. So I'm like, mm, it's fine. And Augustus is super nice. He's like, hey, how's it going? Like, you seem to be an expert in this sort of thing. Like, how do you recommend we go about doing this? And blah, blah, blah. That was something I really liked about this book was that both characters, for each their own reasons, but for important reasons, were always walking into spaces and, like, having to adjust to what... Like, having to, like, assess the space. Right, right, right. Sort of constantly being on their guard about what am I allowed to tell people? What are people going to expect of me? Because right away we see that Augustus is missing his left hand? I think so, yeah. He's missing one of his hands. We find out later he served in the Navy and lost it in battle. Um, We also find out later that his superior at the hospital makes him wear a prosthetic hand whenever Mm -hmm. he's in the hospital. And he basically said, like, patients are allowed to be ailing, but you aren't kind of thing. Well, and that was something that I've never actually had brought up to me before in, in a book where somebody had a prosthetic. How much of that prosthetic wasn't for the person wearing it? It almost never is. Right. And like, and I feel like Especially, I've never had that communicated to me the way it was communicated in this right. one. Like that it was dead weight on the end of his Yeah, life. yeah. That he could maneuver through the world better without it. Right. It's just this like wooden hand with a leather glove on it affixed to his arm with a series of straps and buckles. Right, to make everybody else feel comfortable Ugh. around him in, an, in, a, in a way that's unnecessary. Entirely unnecessary. Because these two people have to mold themselves to the world that they're in, and right. the, the world refuses to like acknowledge them or to mold itself to them. Right. Uh, and of course, because uh, Dr. Blackwood is black, like 
he like there's no prosthetic. There's nothing he can do to hide. Right. But he's also gay. Yep. And not only is he gay, he's a bottom. <laughs> so, but that's like. Which I'm not saying is worse, but at the time was considered worse. Right. Right. And some people today. Still well, he does worse. talk about that even in his own his own community, like right. that this that that there's certain parts of the black gay community which are fine. Okay, that's what you are, but you're also like yeah. And that there was so much maneuvering that both of these men had to do. Right. And that that was really well addressed. Yeah. And I thought. Yeah. And not just addressed in like. Uh, a factual way, but in a way that had stakes and added stakes to the story. Right. So they get along. They're pretty chummy. They go through some of the library to start cataloging stuff. And then they're like, oh, it's getting late. Neither of us have really eaten. Uh, And then Augustus is like, oh, hey, do you want to like, there's this eating house. That's not what they call it. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, it was just. Yeah, just like, a restaurant, whatever. It's like a restaurant, except they're only going to serve two things. And you yeah, just yeah, sit yeah. down and you get food. Yeah. Um, there's this one near my neighborhood that I really like to go to. Let's go and get dinner. My treat, basically. And, and William's like, oh, no, no, no. And I guess this is like, no, it's fine. Turns out they live near each other. And they go to this eating house. And... Um, but this is an all-white eating house. Yeah. And Dr. Blackwood is uh, immediately <laughs> like, uh, this is not where I want to be. And... Dr. Hill immediately is like, oh, this was a mistake. Yeah, right away. He's like, oh my God, I didn't even think of this. I am sorry. Is this okay? And William's like, I mean, yeah, we're already here. And he sort of like scanned the room and a couple people sort of like looked at him and looked away in a way that like nobody was like, we're going to get him. So he's like, yeah, we're here. It's fine. But I think when... Yeah, like, the other people weren't so worried. Like, I think the people sitting down were as worried. It was, like, the establishment, like, mm-hmm. the establishment served. But also, like, his own comfort level being served to by other black people. Yeah. And how comfortable those black people would be serving him. Right. As well. Like, that, Like there's so much things to have to maneuver in, this, in these situations. But he decides, like, okay, no, it's fine. And it's sort of a family seating situation like grab chairs where you can mm-hmm. and all these people seem to know each other all the men here seem to know each other so they just like pull chairs over to other tables just crowd around tables so of course the two of them are sitting next to each other and they're and like, like shoulder to shoulder hands brushing hands on thighs under the table the so, food is good uh it, 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 i guess it's accidentally good um i think Dr. Blackwood does not think it's going to be good at No, first. he he's assumes... Like, he's like, this place is going to suck. Yeah. He sees someone else's things. Like, that's just drowning in, like, tasteless gravy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he gets the food and he's like, oh, no, it's actually pretty good. Okay. Um, so then they're like, okay, well, this was fun. And William's like, do you want to come back to my place for a drink? So they go up to his room. And then Augustus blows him. Yep. Yep. So it was a nice little make-out yeah, sesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... <laughs> They don't even take their clothes off. Nope. Augustus just sits him down, whips it out, gah, 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 swallows, and he's like, great, nice meeting you. Right. And well, William's like, do you want me to? And Augustus is like, no, I'm fine. Bye. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the next day. So in this whole first part is all told through 
uh, William's eyes. Yeah, this is all the first chapter. Right. That's all the first chapter. The second chapter, we start up right away with Augustus. And I'm going to have to say, I, I looked back and I'm not sure. I think it just said Dr. Hill for almost the whole first chapter. Yes. And so it said Augustus at the top. I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> I actually, I really appreciated this because when it was from William's point of view, it addressed him as Dr. Hill. When it was from Augustus's point of view, it addressed William as Dr. Blackwood until they reach a very intimate point in their con- in their relationship and then it switches to first names in the narrative. I agree. Which I really liked. I thought that was nice too. Yeah. I absolutely agree. But yeah, at I'm first you're just like say, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. I didn't know Augustus. I didn't know Dr. Hill's first name. Right. I for a good paragraph thought this was a new person. Uh, just a new guy. And you're like, "Okay, sure." I just wasn't paying enough attention. So, anyway, the next day, um, Augustus has to go do rounds at New York Hospital, and his supervisor, Dr. Cook, is an absolute ass, And but then Cook's like, I'm so excited! Ah! And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Apparently, Cook discovered, he's like, there's this woman who's been living as a man, and I get to... Um, examine them before they go her before she goes off to an insane asylum and this might be the first hermaphrodite in america yay aren't i wonderful ah! and then right away augustus is like oh shit I, shit and he like runs in and sort of like pokes his head in and then we meet moss mr moss and he's kind of like what and augustus is like Nothing, bye! And runs away and finds William and is just like, uh, so this is the sitch. We gotta break this, we gotta break this guy out of the hospital. William's like, but, um, I, why? And then Augustus is like, no, dude, they're gonna like perform all these experiments on this guy and like, you don't even understand. And William's like, yeah, I do. I'm gay. Also, it kind of still happens that doctors are like, oh, I need to do this experiment. Black people aren't really people, so we'll just use them. And then Augustus is like, oh, okay, fair point. Um, also, I'm just like Moss. Right. Right. So, and the way the book is written, it's unclear whether um, Augustus and Moss are intersex or trans, which is like not... And I think it's unclear because it doesn't matter, really. Like, right. they they choose to live their lives as men. And, like, that's what's important. Which is, yes, yes. Well, no, I have to say, like, <coughs> it's unclear with Moss. But I do mm-hmm. feel like... I do feel like the author makes it a little bit more clear that Augustus was born uh, intersex. Okay. Well, because he mentions a penis... Uh, I have heard of trans people referring to their anatomy to, like, match with what they want their anatomy to be. Okay. So, that that's why I was like, I'm not sure what the situation is. But, again, it, it doesn't matter. Like, they both want to be men. They both live as men who are attracted to men. And yeah. they're like... Every day is a danger. Yes. Um, so, Augustus... Um, and, well, and the important part is that they're both humans. Yes. And they're, they're, being, they're both people... And they're being treated inhumanely. Right. Um, so, Augustus is like, 
this is the situation. And William's like, I feel like I've been lied to. Like, uh, he has a little bit of a freak out. Which is understandable, especially, I mean, like, for someone in the 1800s, in a time when gender was still so very binary, to be like, uh, I don't know what to do in this situation. I just, ugh. Well, true. Well, they were also in, like, a, a sexual situation. And, like, given time, uh, I'm sure, like, I'm sure that Augustus would have been more forward with yes, William yes, and yes. said, like, this is what's going on and I want to make you comfortable with this because they were going to be thrown together an awful lot. Right. Um, and given time, we would have been able to, like, be honest and forthright. Yes. Um, but it was, so, like, he felt that he needed to out himself prematurely right. to get William on board. And William's kind of, like, having a freak out, but at the same, same time, he's like, no, he's right, we need to get... Mr. Moss out Right, of, and he hurts Augustus's feelings right off. Right. Like, because he's, like, rejects him and <clears throat> rejects, like, yes, this is a good plan. Yes, we'll go do this. Yes, we'll save Moss. But um, also, this weirds me out, and you kind of, this whole thing, I don't know what to do with right now. Right, right, right. So they um, plot a heist that works. They get Moss out, which is great. Um, and then... Moss goes and stays with Augustus for a while, or with William for a while, and then when Augustus is done with his rounds, he can just leave in the middle of the day, because apparently you can do that in New York Hospital in the 1800s. Um, and then the three of them meet and sort of, like, figure out what to do. And Moss was like, oh, did so-and-so send you? And I forget the name he said. He's like, oh, some name. He's like, did so-and-so send you? And they're both just like, no, who are you talking about? And it's like... No, don't worry about it. It's fine. And they're like, do you have anyone you can talk to? And he's like, I don't have anyone in New York. Like, if I can get word out, I can be fine in, like, a couple weeks. But, like, I don't have anyone right now. Yeah, but then he's also like, but it's unsafe. And yeah. also hard. And it's yeah, like, I could be putting people in danger. And so they're like, uh, what do we do? So then they decide to, like, go to the dead doctor's house to get some work done and so they can keep an eye on Moss. <clears throat> and then there's a knock at the door. Bum, bum, bum. And they're like, what the fuck? And this guy shows up and it's Corporal Thor- Thornton. Corporal Thornton. Corporal Thornton. He's which... in an army dress uniform and everything. Right, right, right. Which is fine to read, but actually Corporal Thornton is real hard to say. <laughs> um, and of course, um, Augustus was still at the hospital when Cook discovered that Moss had been um, absconded with. And Cook was like raving mad and then... Augustus waited till it wasn't uh, suspicious anymore before leaving. Mm-hmm. So Thornton shows up and is like, so this is what happened at the hospital. I know you work there. What happened? And Augustus was like, oh, I showed up and I did my rounds and like, I talked to this person about this patient and this person about this patient. And Thornton's like, Thornton, Corporal Thornton. Is like, um, what about when you dis- when it was discovered that Moss was gone? And Augustus is like, oh, well, I was talking with this other doctor, and then we heard shouting in the halls, and we sort of stuck our heads out, and we're like, mm, this doesn't concern us. We don't want to get involved. So they just sort of, like, finished their conversation, and then I left and came here to do more work. So, and Thornton's like, okay. Bye. And then he leaves. And the three of them get together and they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I forgot a part. 
No, it's fine. It's the, fine. Well, the night before, <laughs> after they got Moss safely away, Augustus was feeling rejected. He went down to the docks to this prostitute that he knows who is like, yeah, all genitals are great. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so that was the night before. So then they're like, okay, Thornton's on to us. What are we going to do? And Augustus is like, I know. We'll hide him with the prostitute. Mm-hmm. So they go and they had, and I forget the prostitute's name. Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Lake. Lake. Mr. Lake. Yes. Yes. Mr. Lake. Um, Hill, Lake, Moss, Blackwood, Thornton. Oh. They're all things. They're all things. <laughs> they all start with letters. <laughs> so it's nature. They're all nature. <clears throat> So they um, are like, okay, everything's great. We like... They drop Moss off and they make a plan. Like, okay, and and Lake is super cool about it. He's, he's like, like, oh yeah, sure. He's like, pay me double and we're fine. Yeah, this is going to be a problem for me, but I can do it. Um, and so they make a plan. We're going to meet tomorrow out at the graveyard. And uh, so then uh, William and Augustus go back to William's place. And... Have sex about it. They (laughs) (laughs) That's my new favorite phrase. They have sex about it. Yeah, well, I mean, they have all these feelings, and they talk to each other about They talk through things. But mostly they're exhausted, and they just need, like, comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just, like, they have sex about it. They have sex about it. And it's very lovely, but then it's also, like, a little difficult. But then they wake up the next morning, and they're like, yawn, stretch, everything's sexy. And they're like, let's have sex all the time. Oh, I guess we should go pick up moss or whatever. Right, so they go have breakfast first. <laughs> they dress. They go have breakfast. I, mean, I, I thought they were going to have to pick up moss, like, at 6 in the morning. Right. They're like, they, they told moss. so much time. They're like, get there as early as you can. We're going to put you on a ship to Europe or a train to Canada or whatever. But they're like, oh, well, let's have sex again. And then, like, I guess we'll get dressed. And then we'll go get breakfast. And then I guess we'll head over there. Right. And so, like, there's even traffic. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll just have to get out and walk. (laughs) So then they finally get there. They're like, where is he? They wait a long time. It's super cold. They don't see him. They leave. Um, They run into Lake. And Lake's Lake's like, like, oh, I I missed you. This guy took him! This soldier came and arrested him! What, what, what? Right. So then William and Augustus are like, shit, we're going to be arrested. We're going to be tried for kidnapping, for sodomy, for all All kinds of crazy shit. They're going to throw us in the insane asylum. It's going to be grand. They go back to William's place and there's a note. No, no, it's not. It's William's place. It's Augustus. It's Augustus's place. Augustus goes back to his place. There's a note, and it's from Colonel Thornton. Thornton. And... Corporal Thornton. Corporal Thornton. And he says, hey, meet me at the graveyard. Meet me at the graveyard at 3 p.m. And it's like noon. Right. And there's like no nothing. And, and Augustus is super freaked out. So he gets out his service revolver. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'll just kill him. That's what I'll do. I'll just kill him. I will say, though, the part where he's like, oh, well, this has been in my chest for a couple years. I better clean this gun. And the last time he had to clean it, he had both hands. Mm. And so there are moments where he goes to use his left hand, but it he, because he's like muscle memory cleaning his gun. So he goes to go use his hand. It's not there. So then he has to like figure out how yeah. to do it. And I, I thought that was a really... I don't want to... It's... It was well written, but like it—it it was just like 
a really great moment to include. Yeah. Because it's it's something that I, who have my limbs, all my limbs, wouldn't think to put in, like, if I were to write this. But the fact that, like, this writer was like, oh, no, this is a thing that would happen. I was right. just like, oh, God, you're right. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, and, like, it was so stressful because this is important. So, it, um, and then... And, and, of course, he's like, I'm not going to tell William because if things go tits up, I don't want him to get right. arrested, Right, and then too. William shows up and is like, no, why wouldn't you tell me? I have the right to make my own decisions. Don't be weird. And he's like, but I don't want you involved. And he's like, I got involved as soon as I helped you kidnap someone. Yeah. Dude. Ugh. So they go to the graveyard. They go to the graveyard, and there's Captain Thorntonson. Corporal Thornton and Moss. Moss, who's just hanging out. And they're just like, uh, and Thornton's like, I'm not going to arrest you or anything. Uh, we be spies. Yeah. <laughs> Moss is a spy. Moss is a spy. But not like a, I travel around the continent spying kind of spy. Like, I spend my days as a clerk and just keep an ear out for rumors and report back to the government kind of spy. Right. This was a point where I thought, you know, they're about to go to a civil war. Uh, there's all kinds of great things that they could be spies yes. about. Yes! We could be really specific about some of the spy stuff. We could get into the Culper spy ring. So many cool oh things. Oh my god, so exciting. So then but they're anyway, like, they don't. They're like, all we need to know is they be spies. Yeah. So like, okay guys, so Corporal Thornton is like, okay, we gotta smooth things over, make sure we can even get Moss back into New York, if not, figure out where to put him, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, here's a big bag of money. The three of you are going to go to this safe house, and then you two doctors are going to use this money to buy a house for Moss until we figure out what to do with him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, uh, but we got shit to do. Yeah, we're, like, we can't just up and leave. And Thornton's like, no, I'm going to take care of that. Yeah. And they're like, uh, okay. So at this point, I was like, they're going to be spies. They're going to be, it's, it's going to be a cadre of queer spies. <gasps> And I was so excited. So they get to the safe house, and it turns out that it's the guest house of some retired general's estate. And um, I don't think he's retired. I think no, he he's was. still active. No, he's re- he's retired from military oh, service. Okay, yeah. But he's st- like, he's still respected, and people. Well, and I think he's still like the second to the secretary of state. Re- yes. So he's retired from the army, but works with the secretary of right. state. Yes. Um. So. They're like, okay, we're in this little tiny house. We'll sort of figure stuff out. And then Augustus and William have sex in the bathtub. Uh-huh. That they bring into the living room. Yes. I have things to say about this. Go the sex ahead. Was, the sex was great. Oh, it was. Uh, the sex was really great. And I have to say the sex throughout this whole book was great. It was. I really, I thought it was loving and I thought it was tender uh-huh. and it was uh-huh. accepting. There's sometimes it was a little too, like, dirty talk in a mm. way that I was, I was like, not the first go around, but like, <laughs> but like, um, and it wasn't dirty, dirty talk. But I mean, sometimes it was just like, you know, I don't know if I need this, right? But also, I, someone every, else needs it, like, so it's fine. The narrative always used the word "spent" yeah. for comments like he spent into the bathwater, and it's just like, oh, okay. I mm. I just like there was so much business in this book, just like. Business, like there was so much time spent getting dressed and getting there undressed, and there was a lot of like, let's go to eat here, and like every moment like ticked out in ways that were unnecessary, but that were right. undriven and that were like not important to the plot. I will say though, I appreciated the business around the sexy parts. That was like, 
he put his hands on his thighs while he did this, and then the hands, like, creeped up over here. Oh. That part, it seemed, like, it involved, like... No, that I appreciate. Right. It, that was I, fine. All, all of that stuff, so far, and the things we've read have gotten skipped over. Mm-hmm. So it was really... And, like, the scene with the bathtub, where they decide to stand up, and basically Augustus is, like... They're standing in this tiny bathtub that's made for one person. But Augustus is like, hey, stand up and bend over. I'm going to fuck you. Mm -hmm. So William bends over and is bracing himself on the tub. And they do some things. And then Augustus is like, are you still able to, like, you need to get your legs wider. Are you still able to stand? Like, they they have to, like, maneuver things in a way that is very realistic. Right. But it's not talked about a lot. So I appreciated that. I did, too. And I like that kind of talking. That kind of, like, check-in with each other. And also, like, this will make better. And sort of, like, the, the very realistic choreography yeah that was it didn't you know like hands ended up on butts and then they like slid up stomachs and, and that then they, sex it was wasn't great. always magical the way it is in other books yeah like, yeah it was yeah. real it was still sexy it was still hot everybody got off but it wasn't like blah, blah. you know it was just yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is great yeah that is not what i'm talking about go i'm on. talking about how we have to talk about how to fill up the bathtub I get that it's oldie times, and maybe we do need to say, like, running a bath isn't as easy. we got to go get the well water, and then we have to bring it in bucket by bucket. And then we have bucket. to boil it. And we have then... to boil it bucket by bucket, and then we have to fill it up, and then we have to make sure and it's not too hot. And then we have to lay down cloth. And then we have to lay down cloth to... things, and the thing is heavy, and we have to move it, and it should be near the the fireplace because we want to make sure the room is warm. And I get it. I get it. Oldie timey bath sucked. I don't care for ten pages. Oh my god! It was just on and on. Moss, do you want a bath? Well, I don't think I want a bath. But we think you might want a bath. Well, I mean, as long as you're having a bath. Oh, we're having, having a bath. Well, then I'll have a bath. I'm so glad that I can just have the bath! Please! Oh my god! Just fucking fucking the bath already! Oh my god! It was g- so much! I'm so glad you're the one having the neurotic breakdown because usually it's me. No, and there was times in this book, like, okay, I did it like that. You talked about the how neat the blood stuff was and the doctor stuff was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. It was completely unmotivated. <laughs> Makeup on it, your face. It okay. didn't have to do with, it. like, like it was just about how smart these two men were. Yes. That's what it was. It was underlying, like, look, these two men are ahead of... <laughs> These two men are ahead of their time. Right? They were like, hey, how do you feel about washing your hands as a doctor? Well, I think washing hands is good. And they're like, yeah, most people don't. Isn't that weird? And it's for us as modern people to go, look at these two bros. They are ahead of their time. Right. And look how smart they are. Agreed. Great. Wonderful. Now we get to underline two things. That these bros are smarter than all the other guys who were there at that time. And at that time, it was okay for doctors to not wash their hands. And isn't that gross? We get, I, you know, but I don't, I just don't need pages and pages of it. Like, I just don't. And it was like, I was like, just get on. Anyway, okay. I'm just done. take your clothes off. I don't care about your braids. Take your fucking pants off. <laughs> the Claire Rice story. Yes. 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 Anyway, so they had a sexy bath. So they had a sexy bath. <laughs> Finally. And there was one point, there's one point where Augustus is like, oh, you like that Moss could come in at any moment, don't you? Owen's like, I kind of do. I don't understand why, but I kind of do. Like, the, 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 the fact that I might get caught is kind of hot. Okay, I'll just go with it. And they, you know, mm-hmm. it, I, I thought it was going to turn into a threesome. I thought it was too. They didn't. It didn't. I'm a little disappointed. Anyway, so they go and... <laughs> Moss this... is kind of a wet blanket of a character. <laughs> well, no, because he was having lots of fun with Lake. 
As soon as they're like, you're staying with this prostitute, Moss was like, great, I'm finally getting laid again. Well, no, I like, like I feel like, because Moss was so outside of this doctor thing, and so outside yeah, of the yeah, two yeah. of them, and had his own life going on, and honestly, he was just like, I don't want to talk to you guys. Right. Whatever, he's like, you I'm saved gonna, my life, I want to get out. He's like, I'm going to go read, I need to get back to spying. Sure. Um, so then this guy shows up and is like, I'm going to take you around houses to look at houses to buy. And they go to this one house and Moss is like, I love it. And then Moss buys the house and then they go back to New York and I guess decided to <laughs> quit his job, mm-hmm. but then he got a new job as the director of Bellevue. Uh-huh. And he's and he's like, it all around. He's like, do you know what? Despite what's... the fact that we know that didn't happen. Right. And, and then he's like, hey, William. Do you want to be my head of operations? Because you know medicine, and you don't have to work with patients. And you can, like, dictate how doctors and nurses are trained. Because, you know, like, the nurses there don't get trained on nursing things. So we should change that. And they're like, okay, great. The end. I thought they were going to be spies! But they weren't spies! And the spies went away, and they went on with their lives, and it made me so sad. And we never knew what they were spying about. And they, like, Moss uh, was practically retired. He wasn't even a spy Right, anymore. right, right. Because they, they did say, like, oh, Moss can't go back to New York, so they're going to have to find something else for him to do. But he had to stay at that beautiful giant house with the lovely garden for, like, months and months. Right. And Moss had the... <coughs> Moss was had the tragic like affliction that a lot of like our uh, female heroines have in our books, where his ego is just busted all to hell, and he's like, "I can't have this house; it's too nice." It's awful. and the other and the boys have to be like, "No, it's fine; it's great for you." And he's like, "I guess it is." He's it was like, the same with the bath. He's, he's like, like, "I don't want a bath. We're having a bath. I'll have a bath." I don't need this many bedrooms, but you like the garden, don't you? Well, I suppose. Then buy the house. Like, we have the I money. I just didn't want, like, oh, I just didn't right. know why we had to spend pages upon pages on it. Like, it, like the thing was, as soon, like, I will be honest with you. Um, That's what this podcast is for. <laughs> uh, I knew Moss was supposed to be picked up by somebody else other than these two bros. Yes. Right away. Right. Thornton <laughs> was sort of Moss's, not keeper, but sort of like... He kept an eye on him so Correct. that if things were... Ha- and, like, Moss got picked up by the cops or ratted out or whatever while Thornton happened to be out of New York. So as soon as he found out, he went back to New York to try and get him out. It and then it's have. like, Moss is already gone. Shit balls shit. Our two doctors just caused problems. Like, <laughs> they, in fact, just made a mess of things. Moral of the story, never help anyone. Never help nobody. I... No, and, and the, which was fine, but, like, I was just... The stakes at that point were real low. Yeah. Because uh, I knew that everybody was, in fact, always fine. Right. As soon right as, away. As soon as they were like, oh, you're not getting arrested. You got to go do these things. And they're just like, oh, okay. Like, all the all the conflict is resolved. Because William and Augustus are boning and, like, in love with each other. Right. All the conflict is resolved. But we have another, like, two chapters. A lot of chapters. Now, again, because for me... It was resolved already. Yeah. And I also knew that these two men, like, were going to figure out a way to have sex with each other in a healthy, wholesome right. way. Yeah. And so, like, there wasn't a part of me that was even concerned about that. So, I... I mean, in, in a lot of these books, you always know that the two characters are going to get together. That's the point. 
So the like the stakes sometimes end up feeling low just because you know they're going to get together, mm-hmm. which is why the story around it, like the stakes have to be so high because you're worried about not just how they're going to get together, but whether or not they're going to accomplish that other thing. Yeah. So like in our Prairie Doctor one, we know they're going to get together and the stakes are super low. Yeah. In general, it's just like, what are the stakes? What That she's going to live alone and fine? On, on <laughs> the she's homestead with con- no problem. That she's going to continue to do what she's been doing this whole right. time. And that he is too. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are the stakes here? Yeah. Or that they're not going to see each other anymore? Well, they were doing fine before. Like, what are the stakes? No one's like, I like at least. And so like in this one, like I know that the stakes were high because society was against them. Right, right. And against and were, all of them for and, very good reasons. Yeah, and there, there no, was... I mean, it wasn't good reasons that society was against them. It was good reasons that their stakes, you know, right, that right, they right. had reason to be worried. Right, there were moments that's like, oh, I'm risking arrest and institutionalization, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. Yes, but as soon as I knew that Moss was actually safe and no one was coming at, and, and like nobody bad was actually coming after him... And in fact, very high level good people were trying to find him. It's like then this is all like a goose chase for no reason. We just need I, I, I would have rather had a book where one, either they ended up in a spy ring, or two, it was just two men figuring it out. You should write both those books. Both those books. I mean because, like, there was a lot for the two of them to just figure out on their own. Yeah. And the thing is, I felt like the book didn't even start for a super long time. Yeah. Like, we had to get through, like, I didn't know what the story was until, like, until we've decided to get Moss out. Which is in chapter three or something. Right. But the chapters are really long. <laughs> they're really long. And it's just, like, like they're like, oh, they got this cool job. Oh, they like each other. Oh, they would have sex with each other. What is the story? I, it was, it was, like, the thing was, like, a lot of it was so well written. And a lot of it was mm-hmm. so interesting. And a lot of it, like, the characters are interesting. And uh, the story is great. And the authors obviously put a lot of effort into the research, which was really well done, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just wasn't quite there for me. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Well, that's fine. Oh, let's fuck Mary kill these characters. Yeah. All right. You go first. Okay. Um, all right. Neil. <clears throat> yes? Fuck, Mary kill. Uh-huh. The Brides as a group. <laughs> <laughs> Even the asexual one? All five of them. Okay, great. <laughs> I imagine she just kind of watched, like, and looked down her nose at us. Like, oh, you idiot. Okay, sorry. The Brides as a group. Uh-huh. Um... The Corporal Thornton, thin, 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 and the General. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, the law. Uh-huh. The General that we only see for, like, a page. Because he's like, Right. Oh, you're in my house. I guess it's not a secret. We need to figure out what's going on. Whoever turned Moss in is gonna pay. Yes. Sure. So, the lawmen. Uh-huh. The brides. Uh-huh. Or... Or all the cabs in New York. <laughs> like old cabs? There were so cabs. many cabs. They took so many they cabs. They took so many cabs. They had very important discussions with these cabs. 
which makes sense because there's a very few private spaces and these particular cabs were horse driven so they would have private right, space. Right, right, right. I get the, it. Because there's the... a lot of cabs. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's late and in this neighborhood we have to go down to the busier street to find a cab because everyone here has a private coach and oh, we need to find this cab and oh, William can't get a cab in this neighborhood. And... Right, which is so New York. The whole okay. thing is so New York. Right, right, right. But anyway, so okay. cabs, the brides, the law. Okay. Um... I want to see how marry the brides. I don't actually want to, but just to have that there sentence. Many brides. I'll marry the brides. That's not true. <laughs> you have to do the true thing, though. No, I know. It's just a funny <laughs> sentence to say. Um, I think I will fuck the brides, marry the law. Because from, even though Corporal Fuentin, there was a moment, it's like, he probably, he looks serious all the time, and it's like, he probably doesn't look any much better when he smiles, and then he does smile, and Augustus was like, yeah, I was right, he looks terrible when he smiles. He still sounded kind of hot. I kept thinking that he and Ross were together. Oh, probably. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. That's I'll, a sexy book we need. Right, right, right. I'll <laughs> marry them, because even if I just end up in that guest house, I'll be fine. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to kill the cabs. Yeah. Because who the fuck wants cabs? Oh, so many cabs. Yeah. There's a lot going on in those cabs. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Oh, between those? Yeah. Um, no, I think I'll marry the brides. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a variety of them. Like, That's true. A bride for each, like, mood. <laughs> okay. Said they were all good at different things. Sure, sure. Um, I think... I would probably fuck the law. <laughs> again, I fucked the law and the law one. If, again, if only to say that sentence, I'd fuck the law. Sure. And yeah, kill the, the camps. Um, yeah, I'd also kill the camps. <clears throat> if, if anyone out there, listeners, if any of you would have married or fucked the cabs, stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> you don't, don't get us. You. you don't understand you don't us, understand. man. Okay. Okay. Mine isn't nearly as fun now. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, um, so, Claire. Uh-huh. Fuck, Mary kill. Mabel Gallagher. Uh-huh. Nelson's mom. Uh-huh. Or Dr. Cook. Oh! Ooh, well, I'm gonna kill Dr. Cook. That's fair. I honestly think he's the worst. He's the worst. Like, Mabel's a gossip and obviously a horrible woman. Yes. But she doesn't have the power to absol- actually hurt people. Right. So, kill Dr. Cook. Yes. Um, I'm going to marry Mabel. <laughs> she Why? She have all the info. <laughs> she owns a store. Yeah, but you have to put up with her giving, telling you the same gossip for seven goddamn years. I know, only the one person. <laughs> right. She's like, this is what I think Sylvia did today. <laughs> like, every night in bed, she's like... I bet that Sylvia Marks did this and this and this and this. Still, I bet she's hot for Sylvia Marks. I think she is. Yes. I think that's what's going on. But I think, like, all that pent-up Protestant rage is probably going to make for one good night out. Just one good. (laughs) She's only got one good night in her. Yeah, well, she needs to get out. And you? Well, so then you'd marry Nelson's mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I thought I said... Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, 
I guess I do the same. Because I think Nelson's mom gets the money. Because that's... I, apparently, I only want to marry people for money and security. I don't think she does get the money. She gets something. I mean... Because she's planning on going back to Boston, so she's not destitute. Well, I think she has to live with her family, though. Oh, maybe. If they haven't disowned her. Anyway, whatever. Probably. It's, she's a whore. Can I... <laughs> no, Mabel's going to tell them all about it. <laughs> sure. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to kill Mabel. I'm going to fuck Dr. Cook and then tell everyone about it so he gets arrested. Good. Yeah. And then I'm going to marry Mrs. Graham. All right. Okay. How about the books? The books? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to, honestly, I think I'm going to kill the Prairie Doctor's Bride. Yeah. Like, See, what also bothers me is, like, she had terrible self-esteem. She doesn't even get the title. She's not, like, the settler who kidnapped the doctor. <laughs> She's defined by who she married. Yeah, I... Dumb slash. Like, I just, I didn't, I never felt the tension. I never felt no. like, there was interesting things in it, and it just didn't make it for me. And a lot of those people were insufferable. Um, and yeah, I think, um, I mean, and I think I could, I don't know, I have a hard time with the doctor's discretion. Like, there was so much that was almost really good in it. Right. If it had, even, even if it had ended with them being like, well... You're going to be spies now, gentlemen. And it was like the beginning of a series about them being like gay spies together. I'd be really excited to read the rest of those books. <laughs> I think I would too. Um, but no, I mean, it was like a moody, like E.M. Forrester sort of like in inspired, like, yeah. like sort of thing. And so like, and I think this was, you know, in intended in a lot of ways to be not just not just a romance, but like a more serious effort. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think this author definitely has that, has that in them. Yes. And I want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, if anything, like I, I think I'm gonna fuck this book because I'm proud of it. Right. And I'm proud of what's coming next. Right, right, right. That's fair. Um, I would also kill the Prairie Doctor's wife. Even though the moments where, like, people were showing... At the end when people were showing up at her homestead. And they're like, we love you. And she's like, oh, I guess people love me. Like, that moment was kind of sweet. Um, yeah. So th there were moments that I was kind of like, oh. But most of the time it was just like, get it together, kids! I know. I liked just, her relationship uh, with her son a lot. Oh, yeah. I thought that, that was, was really lovely. That was really great. Um, and then... But also, she was when they were staying in town, and he's like, I want to go play with my friends, but they're in school. And then the school mistress, like, found Sylvia, like, tracked her down and was like, oh, hey, by the way, Tommy can come to school if he wants. And she's like, oh, I guess. And then she's like, we gotta go. He can't go to school anymore. I'm just like, lady, come on. Get it, it was, together. Ugh. All right, so. But I would um, kill that book. Kill the prairie doctors, whatever. Um... Uh, and then I would fool around with... <laughs> That's not an option. No, it is now. <laughs> I'd fool around with the doctor's discretion because, like I said, like, I was so excited for it to be about spies. <laughs> and then they're like, look at the spies. Okay, everything's fine now. And I was just like, oh, so close. So close. But it was very, like, it was very... 
very aware of like being and the in this time period and it's good fiction and that you can apply it to today also just like being black in america being trans or intersex or non-binary in america being queer in america and like what that means Mm -hmm. and those moments were all very thoughtful and i appreciated that but i wanted more spies (laughs) spies indeed so so, spies would have been super fun right so i mean you know hopefully the next book is about spies ee ottoman are you gonna write a book about spies Okay, thanks. So, of all the characters, who would you fuck, who would you marry, and who would you kill? Um, hmm. Uh, I think, you know what, I mean, (coughs) I really liked Augustus. That's fair. I mean, he had, like, this great, fun, cool life, and Uh he'd done a lot of cool things. Yeah. So, I think I would totally marry Augustus. Okay. Like, he seemed, like, really warm and caring and fun and interesting and had all these, like, cool stories and... So I think I'd probably marry Augustus. Um, uh, I'd fuck Lake. Sure. And and not just because... With or without the makeup. Oh, uh, you know, whatever Lake... Because we didn't mention this Lake uh, wears tailored clothes to make his shoulders look slimmer. And he wears a little bit of makeup to make himself look younger. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was just like open and loving, but really honest. Like... <coughs> This is what he does. This is mm-hmm. his job. But also, uh, yeah, he's going to risk his life for this person on the run. Yeah. Uh, but also, he's probably fun. Yeah. He's, for, he's fun. So, great. Great, great. I thought he was great. Um, and I think I am going to kill Nelson Graham. Oh, really? Yeah, because that guy really got on my nerves. Fair. Okay. Um, and... Like, he was just so pompous and, like, self-important. And, you know. He really he was like, I know what's best. Yeah. I'm a doctor. I know what's best. Yeah. Fair. I'd fuck him. <laughs> I'm going to fuck Nelson. Is that is that on your list? Yeah, yeah. it's on my list. I'm going to fuck Mel- Nelson. I'm going to marry Moss. And I know that you were like, ah, Moss is nothing. Maybe I was just, like, reading into things differently. I... I read Moss as sort of like, he's a, he's a bit rakish himself, but we don't really see it. Like, it's hinted at. And then if I marry him, I might get to be a spy with him. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I want to go be a spy with Moss and then live in that house with the beautiful garden. Oh, yeah. And then just, like, go spy and stuff. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to kill Carl because he's gross. Yeah, Carl is the worst. So there we go. That's it. That's all. I've, all right. We've, we've come to the end. We have. So you picked the books for next time. I have picked the books for next what time. What are we reading? Well, um, see if you can catch the theme. Okay, okay. Naked in Death. Oh, God. By J.D. Robb. Okay. Uh, who we, who many people listening to this, if they at all like romance novels, already went, oh, my God, because that's Nora Roberts. Oh. She is the queen. One of the queens. With a, with a nom de plume? Uh, yes. Oh. So this is Nora Roberts writing as J.D. Robb. So is this like something darker that doesn't fit the Nora Roberts brand? Is that why she has um, another pen name? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, this is also Naked and Death is the first of a very long and famous series. Oh. With uh, the main characters. Oh. Um, and a lot of, this is like, a lot of people have gotten into this. How long is it, Claire? 
Uh, I don't know how long the book is. I don't look at the page numbers. You need to start doing that or else we keep having two and a half hour shows. All right. <laughs> next time. Uh, the uh, next one uh, and the other book is Winter Kill by Josh Lanyon. Is it Murder Mysteries? Yes, it is. Ah, sexy murder mystery. Yes, so I really felt we needed to put the uh, kill in Fuck, Mary Kill. Sure. And the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Agatha Christie meets that Fifty Shades of Grey lady. Yeah, probably. I Probably not. <laughs> Boy, if they ever met each other, I think Agatha would kill the other. She would... She would Plot out a but, great way to kill it that nobody would solve. Right, and with side eye and, like, uh-huh. shade. Uh-huh. I bet Agatha Christie was good at shade. Oh, I bet she was. Okay, great. Yeah. So I'm excited. Excellent. I do love a good... I did take a crime fiction class in college. Ooh, fun. Yeah, so... Well, we'll see how these live up. I'm, I'm going to say that I'm a connoisseur of the genre. Ooh, connoisseur I don't yet. know if that's true, but sure. All right. All right, so there we go. Thank you, Claire. Well, and thank you, Neil. Thank you, listeners. Thank you very much, listeners. We hope you've enjoyed the uh, listening experience and that you tell your friends about us because that would be great. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Christine. Thank you, Christine. recording for music and for your apartment and, and your lovely cat. And for your cat who keeps my toes warm. And uh, thank you to the authors. Thank you, authors. We appreciate your work and we're yeah. very glad you've, wrote, you've written. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Whiskey. Oh, God. Guys, we couldn't do this without Whiskey. Or Jen. And there we are. And there we are. Good night. Good night. Good night.